Strategies team is proud to announce the release of a seminal research paper, The Louisiana Water Economy, Our Shared Destiny, articulating a new economic path forward for the state of Louisiana. Furthermore, this paper chisels out an instructive framework from which decision makers of all stripes can use to stimulate economic development, harnessing one's endogenous strengths. This team will unpack how two of the co-founders, Steve Pico and Bryce Hopper Mendoza, came to work in the water sector and have become synonymous with water issues in southern Louisiana as well as nationally through their work with the EPA water clusters. The first incarnation of the Louisiana water economy study was Steve Pico's thesis for his master's degree. And from that point, we are here now with a template of our shared vision. I am Taylor Burns. I am Javadi Sandiford. Grasshopper Mendoza. Andrea Calvin. And Steve Pico. So Steve and Grasshopper, what inspired you to define this water economy? Well, since Steve is pointing to me, I'll start. It's, uh, it's been a journey. I, I can't say that it has been one instance. It's first it was recognizing water as an asset, and then in doing so, trying to then understand what an asset looks like. Therefore, Steve, your, the research that you did with the seven sectors helped us to frame out and really see that there is no definition. I mean, that was really one of the big takeaways. There is no definition of a water economy. So if we wanted to have an answer, it, it just wasn't there. Well, and the thing about post-Katrina New Orleans is that uh, the recognition that water is an asset and not just a threat was a very powerful philosophical transformation for how people live here. And Grasshopper and I got involved in working on trying to find the economic upside of water management, integrated water management, and some of the concepts that were being promoted by David Wagner and the Dutch Dialogues. And so we really started using this economic lens, even looking at problems. Uh, and then we were approached uh, by the Idea Village and the Greater New Orleans Foundation to help develop an entrepreneurial competition. So then we started looking at innovation in the water sector. And it just caused a lot of dominoes to fall in our minds about the potential of water. And as a native Louisianian, I recognized that not only do we have a lot of water, but we have a lot of issues with it. And no matter what we do, we spend money on it. And if somebody's spending money, somebody's making money. And we're a very poor state. and one of the things we realize is that water might give us an opportunity to have a more equitable economy in Louisiana. I like these words about money and equity. So there's and you're also, and this is the water economy study. So is there some type of, um, should I start buying some water stocks? <laughs> Am I missing out on investments here? Is this what we're pointing towards? I wish that we were more prepared or in the sector was more prepared to accept investment. And one of the things that came out of this study is the fact that the vehicle for investment doesn't lead to any vision. It doesn't lead to an integrated approach. It doesn't lead to, when I say integrated approach, it means understanding the role that water plays in our health, as well as to the economy. And what, what does that mean? So. Steve, will you talk well, about the landscape? This would probably be a good time. Well, before we go into that, the, the whole investment landscape for water is very nascent and very poorly defined right now. There's been some attempts out on the West Coast. There's been some attempts to create water funds, and they're starting to brew up. But water markets are poorly defined and very diffused 
throughout the economy. And that's why it was so interesting to do research on this and to discover that nobody's really clearly defined the water sector as a sector. We use this language, but in reality, it's describing a whole lot of different things. And a lot of researchers try to use traditional tools for data management, NAICS codes, industrial codes, things like that to try and define the water economy, and they end up missing huge components of it. And so it's an area of great opportunity for researchers. It's an area of great opportunity for people in the financial sector, and I know some of them are actually working to create investment vehicles, but right now you can't just invest in water. And if you do, it's going to be a specific niche like a water company or drinking water only. Uh, it's not going to be what we are all excited about, which is an integrated water management approach that recognizes water systems and the water cycle. I, I also, we've heard language, it's like trying to also define an air economy. Mm -hmm. And that it, so it's, this is a journey that is very uh, comprehensive and it's, it's not easy to define. So we have to find the tools and the toolbox that are gonna help us all be on the same page mm -hmm. in understanding water as an asset and the definition of a water economy did you uh you were talking about andrea you pointing that out yeah when you talk about the fact that this is a new and emerging field and there's not much there in the academic literature etc so in the paper how did y'all go about defining a water economy for louisiana that's where my being a native helped and also being involved in economic development since 1992 and being a very systems-oriented thinker all my life. I just looked at what we had that related to water, our ports and our maritime industries, our agriculture and fisheries, our manufacturing industries, which are some of the heaviest water users in the world. Uh, we have some of the most intense water users because the petrochemical manufacturing, of which we have one of the largest concentrations in the world along the Mississippi River, use enormous amounts of water simply to create energy for their processes. Then in looking at what water means to Louisiana, we added some more to it. Uh, we, we recognize, and, and I have to admit we have a friend that, that steered us in this direction. We've always been appreciative of the culture, uh, how water is so important to the culture of Louisiana, our seafood and our lifestyles. A friend of ours pointed out that tourism is related to all those things, so therefore there's a direct link to water and tourism, which is one of the largest industries in Louisiana as well. Um, and then we have a, a nascent thing with the law and policy thing, because we have Tulane uh, has two things going on there. They have an admiralty and maritime law program that's renowned, and then they also have the Institute for Water Resources Law and Policy that's been a real cutting edge uh, legal entity for us. Did I miss a sector? I bet I did. Uh, oh, well, municipal, we obviously, uh, our, our biggest sector is, is our coastal and disaster management, our storm surge management. We, you know, we have one of the largest public works projects in the United States uh, with the Lake Bourne uh, surge barrier. Uh, we, we have all these resources being dedicated to our coastal land loss issues. And then, of course, we have an enormous amount of money spent on just simple municipal and urban infrastructure for water and sewer and drainage. And all of those things collectively, uh, we haven't been able to get accurate numbers because they kind of cross over, but they represent just billions and billions and billions of dollars annually of spending just in Louisiana. And there's a lot of different things coming together, especially as we look at these opportunities in building a water economy. Um, yes, the tourism, we, you know, the ecotourism piece is an underutilized asset. Um, we, 
we, when you looked at our approach, we started to look at what's happening globally with um, the circular economy and the like, but down locally, we're also in the middle of looking at crafting a code for water for the state. And that is something that is going to put Louisiana at the forefront because many of the codes that were established are decades old. And, and therefore, we're taking, working with our institutions and trying to even understand what we're using. So there's been, there was a recent report that the Water Institute of Gulf where they started to look at what, you know, who's starting to use the water, where is the water at. We're in an early stage, but surprisingly, we're in an early stage, but we're actually ahead of the pack when it comes to um, many parts of the country. So these are strengths and these are opportunities. There's timing. And unfortunately, because of our disaster economy, if you will, we have to marry all of this into an opportunity where we look at water and we understand that it's an opportunity for us to build not only our economy, but our future. For those of you who are not well-versed on what these codes we are referring to, could you please, Steve, dig deeper on the codes you just mentioned? What, the water code, the yes. state water code? Well, one of the issues uh, with water, and this is a universal issue, is it's not measured. Its use isn't measured. It's treated like air. It's taken freely from the environment. And um, with issues, particularly with underground water, which can have a very long cycle, uh, it can, in, in fact, in places like Saudi Arabia, they call it dinosaur water because the water they've extracted from the ground over there is millions of years old. Uh, the water here in Louisiana is not nearly as old, but it still takes hundreds and sometimes thousands of years for water to uh, uh, recharge. Uh, yeah, and to accumulate in these aquifers. And because we haven't measured it, and, and in Louisiana back in the 90s, we had a rash of, uh, of independently built gas-fired uh, power plants that came to exploit our groundwater because we weren't managing it, we weren't measuring it, we weren't charging for it. And so more than a dozen just popped up over a, just a few year period and, and it really upset a lot of the people here and the farmers and the legislature. And so they began a process establishing a groundwater commission and they began a journey and this journey is going really slowly because we don't measure. And it's a huge issue and we, we talk about this in the report. Um, we don't measure water's use, we don't measure, and when we do, we don't all use the same way to measure it, which makes it an opportunity area for us, but it also makes it a very um, frustrating area because people want you to be able to describe this in a more precise term, and you can't because we're just not measuring it. Just like the element, it, when you try to hold it, it's right. right through your hands. Yeah. yeah, a lot of what we know about water is that way because We've taken it for granted. It's been poorly managed, poorly measured, and it, it really is the most important resource that we have you know, to work with, and Louisiana has a lot of it. I was just about to say that every person on this globe and most beings and most processes require water, and Louisiana was largely shaped literally by the movement of water, yet it still seems to be highly underappreciated. Mm -hmm. So why and how are you able to create, to be the first person to s develop something like that looks like a water economy and why are you doing like is it lucrative for you are there lots of jobs that are well paying in this area we hope so <laughs> as a company we hope so and as as individuals but really you know louisiana is a poor state we have the highest incarceration rate in in the country and on planet earth 
Uh, we have deeply rooted traditional social issues that root back into our plantation, colonial slave-based economy. Uh, we have issues that are ongoing that linger from the history of this country and from the history of our state uh, that are yet to be resolved. And an interesting phenomenon, the data center did some wonderful research on water management jobs and found comparative cities and states, and it was very challenging to create this data, and they did a great job trying to find ways to measure consistently from state to state. And we found that Oregon, which has the same economic output, same population, uh, same budget, same debt as Louisiana, has more wealth. And it, it tells us that the wealth in Louisiana leaves. It doesn't stay here. It's why we have a high poverty rate. It's why we have all the other social ills that come with that. We see water as an indigenous economic asset that we can make our own and that we can build a new type of economy that is more equitable and fair and has uh, more diverse needs and inputs met uh, because people can connect to it and participate in it. We think it's a, it's a huge opportunity for people to participate in uh, because it's so new and so nascent. And, uh, so many of these ideas and these, these areas of need can be addressed locally, regionally, and by the state, and by the country. I mean, obviously our land loss issues are a national issue, are uh, the threats to the nation's energy infrastructure, the threats to the nation's food systems and stuff. Uh, really bear fruit here uh, if, if they're neglected. And water is essential and central to all of the realities about why these things exist here. So it's an opportunity to reframe an underutilized asset into an economic engine. Yeah. Hmm. Very talking, succinct. Thank you. <laughs> we're talking about a lot of the benefits of water. Water is great. Water is literally life. It has powerful potential. But what about some of the negative things it does? It can be highly destructive. Katrina was not that long ago. We don't have a lot of pools in New Orleans. We don't have a water park. So how do we get the local people in Louisiana to embrace water? It's a big challenge. There's a big fear of water, too. Uh, when you don't have access to pools and to swimming lessons and stuff like that, it's, it's created a large number of people who have a fear of water. And so in trying to promote new ideas like green infrastructure and living with water where we take the canal walls down and we, we embrace the water more uh, in our communities, we do get some pushback from that because of the fear of water. And there have been some programs in the past that have tried to address it. And this is where really philanthropy and government working more closely together with private business interests uh, need to work, address some of these issues and for us. And exposure to opportunities yep. like the green infrastructure opportunity that is helping to educate people about the value of nature and the value of the, of the natural processes and in business trying to understand the, the, the value of the natural capital, uh, understanding how we can marry the engineered and the natural processes. And that's an exciting opportunity that Louisiana is really prepared for. Well, okay, guys, I want to ask y'all a question about some of the meat of the report here. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, after coming to identify the disconnects in the Louisiana economy, how did you come to distill your top-level findings into simple yet incredibly robust methodology of VLM? And can you explain that to us? <laughs> Well, what, what we learned, and you know, you hear people complain about silos all the time, and you just run into them everywhere, and you want to see things work together, and they just don't, whether it's even a big company or a, you know, large universities. I mean, you just see silos everywhere you go. With water, 
what we found is that there are billions of dollars being spent on pieces of, of, a, of a puzzle, but it doesn't seem that people have a common vision of what the puzzle is. And so the more we did the research, the more we identified that, that people don't know what they're, why they're doing what they're doing in a lot of cases. They know there's a problem and they're trying to solve a problem because we're losing land or we have a contamination issue or we have a lack of access. Or, and, and so there's a lot of investment and effort being put into uh, reactionary uh, uh, ways to address our water issues. And what we found is missing is a vision. And so we really uh, want to bring that out and, and have that discussion in a public way. What does success look like? What does a successful water economy look like? What does a successful community, a resilient community look like? We know it needs elements, but we don't know at the end when all those elements come together, what does it build? And so we feel like it's time to have a really serious discussion. It's going to be very challenging for everybody to do this, but we really need to know what this looks like if it's successful. How do we take the watersheds and apply them to community well-being, to coastal well-being? How do we get people to understand what watersheds are? Because these are the systems that built Louisiana. I like the puzzle analogy. Will you give the puzzle analogy? Well, a puzzle, a puzzle analogy is that we're all working on bits and pieces of puzzles. Some people have a lot of money and are polishing up really beautiful puzzle pieces, but we're not sure if they fit together because there's no puzzle master and there's no picture on the top of the box to show us what the puzzle looks like. So that's really hampering the effectiveness of what we do. And That and, leads into the second finding, which is the leadership. Right. And so what was really helpful with the seven sectors is that now we can identify, and what we have identified is that for success, we believe that the um, private sector has to really step up. And there are seven sectors from the maritime to the agriculture where we can start to create that vision. So if when we align these seven sectors, we, we pull in the, the leadership from these sectors, the private sector leadership, then we can move forward in having a very robust discussion. Yeah, we've had two really strong sectors here, government and philanthropy, but you need the third leg of the stool. And just having government and philanthropy philanthropy who've invested billions of dollars uh, do this work is incomplete and getting these private sector leaders to step up and be part of this and now that we have these sectors we can begin to put the pressure because it's been nobody's job to know all this stuff it's really been nobody's job to look at this holistically and and without their participation we can't find a way to create a sustainable um, system for doing this kind of work and Which it's really important to the third finding which is the data. So yeah. once we have the, the seven sectors laid out, we've identified the leadership, and that we, then we move into the data and what it is that we need to measure to create a more robust picture, and the tools that we're using right now aren't um, serving us. Uh, we, we have a lot of economic development challenges. Uh, GDP is a great example because with GDP you're measuring, but it, it does, you're not measuring whether or not it's a positive impact or a negative impact. And so, for instance, with Katrina, for instance, that was very the positive yeah. for the GDP, yeah. but yet as a, as a community, we, we were challenged greatly. <clears throat> we were looking at other tools, such as the Social Progress Index, which has been championed by cluster leader Michael Porter, who's really evolved 
in his view of economic development and understanding that for us to be economically uh, competitive, we have to really embrace um, social progress. And so you addressed earlier the incarceration, the education, the health care, you know, lots of spending happening, but are we really effective? And so as we address water and we begin this journey, we've identified our indigenous strengths. Now we need to figure out what we're going to measure, why we're going to measure, and then we need to share that so that we can all be on the same page. So can you please link that for me? Incarceration, how can that be improved by water? How can education be improved by water? How can healthcare be affected by water? Can you distill the relationships between water and these other aspects of life? Well, that's where we get into the simple concepts that have been promoted by the Rockefeller Lancet Commission on Planetary Health. You need a healthy planet on which to have healthy people. If the planet is unhealthy, people are going to be unhealthy. And then you need healthy people to have the ability to produce a healthy economy. And so this, this connectedness uh, and water as the most essential resource after air and oxygen uh, for life and business, uh, if it's not clean and abundant and readily available, you can't be healthy. And therefore, you won't be able to do the economic activities that give you a chance to have a healthy economy. And that's why the GDP uh, model has been... Uh, very frustrating uh, because it measures spending but it doesn't measure well-being and true social progress or quality of life. So we've really focused on these aspects and how important they are and Louisiana is really well positioned with a, a rich and productive uh, ecosystem that our wealth is based on. And so we're at a point now where we're challenging it, we're threatening it uh, you know, the BP oil spill is a classic example of, of the conflicts we have here that we need to resolve. Uh, we need the economic acti activities, uh, but we need to be them more in harmony with the natural systems. And we're getting closer to that, and there's nothing but opportunity in this, in this journey. The other factor is that uh, as my, I'm a baby boomer, as my generation ages out, it's called the silver tsunami. For example, at the Sewage and Water Board, they have a 30 percent uh, eligible for retirement rate on their workforce. And so there are thousands of jobs becoming available, but we don't have systems in place to communicate that, to inspire young people to participate in some of these jobs. For example, our maritime and ports industry exists on the other side of a levee that most people don't even see. So we're looking at how do we use water as a vehicle to inspire people to be part of the journey, and it's going to result in them finding the right academic pathways and the right uh, job opportunities. But the job opportunities are going to be there. We have to have water, and we have to have clean water, and our infrastructure is an, it's just a huge component of the quality of life here. All right, so to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you one more question. Hey, one more question. So if you had a magic wand and things like ideal budgets, et cetera, coordination, participation, and you wanted to create that Louisiana water economy from scratch, what would that water economy look like? Oh, see, now that's the vision part of it. That's, we need to have a gathering so we can talk about this. But as system thinkers and as, as, as a company focused on planetary health and the circular economy, for us, an ideal situation would be every person who lives on the watershed recognizing that they are part of a living system and that their activities and their homes and their businesses are all uh, positive towards the 
the quality of water and the, the, the health, yeah, the health of that watershed. And then the possibility of a healthy watershed, what that could do to help us have more effective coastal restoration efforts and leveraging those dollars on a healthy watershed, we're going to get so much more out of it if we have that. So, more abundance, so, more opportunity. Yeah, we'll have just more, more life, uh, better life. It's a, it's a, we, we all exist on a living planet, and these watersheds are like the arteries and veins of a living system. And the more we work in harmony with them, the better our lives will be. And so I guess we have a, a, almost an idyllic vision here in some ways based on what we know, but we think it resonates. And we think people understand this when, when, they, when they get a chance to be exposed to some of these concepts. And we think there's nothing but money in it. In fact, we like to say water for better and for worse is our future. You know, uh, Taylor, you alluded earlier to some of the threats water represent. No matter how we address water, we spend money. And if we're spending money, somebody's making money. And so to get back to, to what I said at the beginning of this, this is a huge economic opportunity because whether it's for better or for worse, we're going to spend money on water. And water is our future, whether it's rising seas or whether it's addressing these issues or whether it's building new opportunities. Water is essential to how we live in the future and to our economy and our quality of life. Water has got to be one of the most historical substances on this planet. It seems like we have so much more to talk about and to learn. I guess this is one of the beginning of a series of water talks. Thank you so much, Steve, for us having